This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Reverend Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Reverend Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. <laughs> Bonjour. Well, I am grateful to be joining with you now, transcending time and space so we can be together to share a healing. Thank you, God. Oh, Let's take that breath of love and gratitude together. I place my hand on my heart. I invite you to join me. Let's be wholehearted. Let's remember and recognize the perfect love of God is what we are. Let's have a healing right here, right now. So grateful. So grateful to open ourselves to the unprecedented, unlimited flow of perfect love, divine love, wisdom and clarity, abundance and prosperity. We're opening ourselves to be fully receptive. We're releasing the blocks to love, the judgments, the opinions, the condemnation, the habits of taking offense and feeling like a victim. We're rolling them up in a ball and placing them on the altar, giving them to the higher Holy Spirit self for healing. We're setting ourselves free. We're truly sharing the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. So grateful to allow ourselves to experience this healing that we desire. We allow it. We accept it. We don't have to figure out how to have a healing. We allow the healing. So grateful for our healing. We let it be, and so it is. Amen. 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 This week we're talking about, are we afraid of redemption? Just straight out of the course, the text, the, it's about the, there's a whole section in chapter 13, this section 3 entitled The Fear of Redemption. But before we go there, I'd like to back up just a minute to um, the section before, which is section 2, The Guiltless Son of God. And in paragraph 7, Jesus says, This course has explicitly stated that its goal for you is happiness and peace. Yet, you are afraid of it. You have been told again and again that it will set you free. Yet, you sometimes react as if it is trying to imprison you. You often dismiss it more readily than you dismiss the ego's thought system. To some extent, then, you must believe that by not learning the course, you are protecting yourself. And you do not realize that it is only your guiltlessness that can protect you. Let's just ponder this a moment. The Course promises us. It states that its goal for us is happiness and peace. And that if we work the lessons in the Course, this is what it will bring us. And we know people for whom that's true. I feel like it's definitely true for me, and it continues to bring me more of a deep sense of happiness and peace that for sure is not conditional. And 
It is such a different thing to experience happiness and peace that is unconditional. Just like the difference between conditional affection and friendship, attention versus unconditional love. They are so different. One is deeply, deeply nourishing. Right, Unconditional love is deeply, deeply nourishing. It's refreshing. It's restorative. It's profoundly healing. But conditional affection and attention, specialness, it actually feels depleting in the same way that a candy bar feels depleting. Poor nutrition feels depleting. So we're told that the highest quality spiritual nutrition that will give us liberation is in the Course, and yet we can read the lessons but not live the lessons. And so therein lies the rub. So here's the antidote to that. Just say, Holy Spirit, take from me all resistance and reluctance. I am willing to discover this great peace and happiness. I am willing to be your student and to discover the absolute unconditional joy that comes with living A Course in Miracles. And... I'd like to share all the benefits with my brothers and sisters. Doesn't that sound yummy? Just to me. This is one of the things I've been contemplating and writing about in my daily shot of spiritual espresso, my daily blog, my prayers, is that there are so many people on the planet suffering right now because their peace is conditional. Their prosperity is conditional. Their happiness is conditional. And the conditions have changed. So many people have lost their jobs, lost their businesses. They're losing their homes. It's quite intense. You may not be experiencing it, And you may be far away from where it's being experienced. And I can speak to that because I'm in the green, uh, the the mountains of Vermont, the green mountains of Vermont. And it's a very rural area. There aren't a lot of houses, not a lot of people. Pretty much everybody here is white. Uh, I, I do know that people are struggling to make ends meet because there's not work for them. Many people in rural areas, their work is totally dependent upon tourism and things like that. That's certainly true in Vermont. Summertime in Vermont is a place where a lot of businesses, they make all the money for the year. Uh, my family has a home on an island off the coast of Maine, Deer Isle. Uh, and by the way, you can, if you want to look at our little ad, I have it on my events page at jenniferhadley.com, and we're listed at Airbnb and stuff. We're totally booked up. We are completely booked up because people who can drive there, even from other parts of Maine, uh, people who can drive there from New York and New Jersey, where Maine is accepting people from now, um, they're getting the heck out of Dodge and going there. And so we're totally booked up. We've never had so many requests. We did have a lot of cancellations at the beginning of COVID, but as soon as somebody canceled, somebody picked it up. So we really have been very fortunate that way because it's our rentals that pays our bills and makes it possible for us to to keep the house. Otherwise, we would have had to, uh, my dad would have had to have sold it to someone outside the family. But because um, our father was able to sell it to us at 50% off, my brother and his wife and I, we were able to purchase the house. And we 
entirely depend on rentals or we wouldn't be able to keep it. Anyway, so we've been very blessed. I feel very blessed here in Vermont, even though I have to leave it, this house in a couple of weeks and I have no idea where I'm going yet. Um, uh, looking for another house in the valley, but there aren't many houses here. And and it's just, it's, and all the houses that were available snapped up so fast in May and June. City people, people from Boston, people from Albany, uh, people from New York, New Jersey coming up here to, if they have money, to escape. I understand that. So, back to my topic here about feeling that our peace and happiness are conditional. It's a very scary world. I'm sure I don't have to tell you. I used to live in that very scary world, and I'm really glad for my spiritual practice. An effective spiritual practice will undo that. It will. It works. It works, it works, it works. I see so many people come into finding freedom and masterful living, and some work it and some don't. And the ones who really work it, they do have huge shifts, huge, huge shifts. And uh, it's, it's really unimaginable how much we can shift in just a couple years of dedicated work. And uh, it's so much easier, though it is very challenging, it's so much easier than the challenges of trying to stay afloat in the stormy seas, of trying to make the world work. Now, so A Course in Miracles has everything we need to bring us to unconditional peace, unconditional joy, unconditional insight and wisdom, that we can live in that place if we're willing. Just what I'm going to invite you to do right now is think of things in the world that you're doing to improve your life where you're laboring in the world rather than in your mind to change your mind about the world, where you're trying to make things happen in order to heal your body, or you're trying to make things happen in order to heal your family, or you're trying to make things happen to heal your finances and things like that. A Course in Miracles, Jesus is telling us here that working these lessons, that's, that will do it. And it will bring great results in every part of our life if we allow it. If we allow it. We have to be willing to allow it. Then he says here, the atonement has always been interpreted as the release from guilt. And this is correct if it's understood. Yet, even when I interpret it for you, you may reject it and do not accept it for yourself. You have perhaps recognized the futility of the ego and its offerings, but though you do not want them, you may not yet look upon the alternative with gladness. In the extreme, you are afraid of redemption, and you believe it will kill you. So that's such a strong statement. In the extreme, you are afraid of redemption, and you believe it will kill you. So sometimes when Jesus says things like this, uh, my mind says, I'm just going to accept that as the fact, and I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to show me that it's true. Making the Holy Spirit my teacher. So I don't have to figure it out. I don't have to try to understand it. I allow the Holy Spirit to show me how. In the extreme, you're afraid of redemption, and you believe it will kill you. Well, makes to me, it makes perfect sense. If we're identified with an egoic, small, selfish self, redemption will absolutely destroy the image that we have made of ourselves as being wrong and bad and unworthy and not good enough evil, decrepit, 
all of that false idol we have made of our own identity, redemption, atonement, will obliterate it. And if we're identified with the ego, it will feel like death. But hear me now, because that redemption, that atonement, that awakening, we must reject the false identity to experience the atonement, the redemption, the awakening. So rather than focusing on having to give up something, if we focus instead on expanding into something, instead of focusing on the loss of the identity of the small selfish self, if we can focus instead on the expansion into our true identity, it becomes easier. At least it does for me. Make no mistake about the depth of this fear. For you believe that in the presence of truth, you might turn on yourself and destroy yourself. So let's just accept that Jesus knows our mind better than we do. And let's be grateful that we have someone to help us. (laughs) Help us help ourselves. So let's go into the next section, chapter 13, section 3, the fear of redemption. You may wonder why it is so crucial that you look upon your hatred and realize its full extent. See, we, I, I often reference the fear to look within section, which I did uh, an episode of this podcast maybe 2017 January, February, something like that. That is such a critical thing for us to understand why we're afraid to look within because we have a self-hatred, a deep, deep self-loathing. And when we look within, we will see it. We'll see it. The thing to remember is that self-loathing and that hatred, it's not real because it's predicated on something that's false. The self-hatred, the self-loathing is completely built upon, established by false beliefs. Therefore, if you have a false premise, could anything you build on that premise be true? No, it cannot. So the self-loathing and the self-hatred is a misperception. It's a mistake. Pain is a wrong perspective. So, of course, there is a great pain at the thought of looking within and seeing the self-hatred and the self-loathing. But if we can recognize that the whole thing is made up It's like if we built a whole big, huge story and a whole monument and and a whole thought system around people who wear orange hats are demonic and that they are trying to kill us and destroy our lives and our happiness and they want to um, kidnap our children and sell them into slavery And people with orange hats, this is the truth of them. We built this whole thing, and we had meetings at society, reading articles and all kinds of things. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, that's actually not true at all. Orange hats have nothing to do with anything, and it's not a thing. Then are you still afraid of it? No. So the self-hatred, the self-loathing... It's all part of the ego thought system. It's all smoke and mirrors. It's all dust in the wind. 
Jesus says, you may also think that it would be easy enough for the Holy Spirit to show it to you, the hatred, and to dispel it without the need for you to raise it to awareness yourself. Yet, there is one more obstacle you've interposed between yourself and the atonement. All right, let's find out what this is so we can offer it up. He says, we have said that no one will countenance fear if he recognizes it. Mm-hmm. See what's coming? Yet in your disordered state of mind, you are not afraid of fear. We're not afraid of fear. Oh, okay. You do not like it, but it is not your desire to attack that really frightens you. You are not seriously disturbed by your hostility. You keep it hidden because you are more afraid of what it covers. You could look upon even the ego's darkest cornerstone without fear if you did not believe that without the ego, you would find within yourself something you fear even more. You are not really afraid of crucifixion. Your real terror is of redemption. So this is uh, one of the key premises of A Course in Miracles that most people find it just like, what? I don't even get it. So it's this is the, the quote of Nelson Mandela uh, quoting Marianne Williamson when he was being inaugurated as the president of South Africa. And of course, uh, Marianne is referring to the course. So the, the quote is this. I have it here. He said, Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that frightens us most. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and famous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that people won't feel insecure around you. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us. It's in all of us. And when we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. To which I'll add, all boats rise on this tide of love. So, this is what Jesus is referring here in, to in this section on the fear of redemption. So we're not afraid of the ugliness inside. Deep down, we're afraid of our light. We actually, in a sense, treasure our ugliness. It both horrifies us, repels us, but still we protect it. Because we believe we made it, and we believe it's real, and as long as we hold on to this view of ourselves as unworthy of love, we get to keep everything we made in this world as a monument to it. So Jesus goes on to say, Under the ego's dark foundation is the memory of God, and it is of this that you are really afraid. For this memory would instantly restore you to your proper place, and it is this place that you have sought to leave. Your fear of attack is nothing compared to your fear of love. So remember, as long as we're identified with the ego and we're edging God out, keeping God separate in our mind, we're the boss of we. (laughs) I'm the boss of me, you're the boss of you. 
And so we get to hold on to our false idols and we get to do whatever we'd like to do. So clearly, if we know that there is a very expeditious, meaning quick path to spirit, and we are not choosing it, it must be because it's not what we're interested in. I was so shocked when I first started doing the Living a Course in Miracles classes and I started to get these emails from people who said, I've been studying this for 20 years, 30 years, 25 years, 15 years. I've been going to study groups. I've been doing the lessons every day. And Jennifer, I never thought to live them the way you're talking about. And for me, I just... This is how I see this this book and these lessons, is this practical application. And maybe because it's where I began with it all, which I can talk about after the break. Just in this last bit here, I'd like to share with you about my Sundays with Spirit. Every week now we're having a Sunday service online. It's totally free. All are welcome. You do have to register one time so we can send you the Zoom information. We have wonderful speakers this week. It's Reverend Myron Jones. It's just a delightful service with music, a healing meditation that I do, prayer, etc. It's great. JenniferHadley.com events page to sign up and register or watch the Facebook Live at the uh, Course of Miracles podcast page. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course of Miracles on Unity Online Radio. We're living the love, we're walking the talk, and I'll be right back, don't you know? Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. (laughs) I think I may have given the information a little too quickly before the break because I was running out of time. So I just want to make sure if you're interested in the Sundays with Spirit, Sunday services, which you can join us live or later, uh, then you can go to jenniferhadley.com on the events page and you'll see there to sign up for it. It may be on the home page as well. And uh, just so you know, we've got Tama Keeves. She's going to be speaking in September. We've got uh, Lisa Natoli's coming back again. Uh, Reverend Myron Jones is coming. And uh, yeah. It's such, oh, I just love it. We've been enjoying it so much, so it's all free, and I invite you to come or just listen to the replays. Once you sign up one time, you'll have lifetime access to the replays or something like that. So it's a very healing and nourishing service. People are loving it. Three o'clock Eastern time on Sundays. So let's go back. Oh, and also before the break, I was talking about how I came to experience these teachings of A Course in Miracles. And I have talked about it before, so I'm just going to share briefly that back in the late 90s, 97, 98, 99, I was working with A Season for Nonviolence and the Center for the Advancement of Nonviolence in Los Angeles, and uh, I was, that's when I started my daily blog of ways to practice nonviolence. And so I had been publishing these ways to practice nonviolence for years, almost a decade before I started studying A Course in Miracles, because I started studying the course in 2006. So it, it it's such a uh, a hmm, I'm trying to think of what the word is. It's such a a great match. The ways to practice nonviolence and a course of miracles lessons 
So it really made perfect sense to me. Also, in 2006, I was just finishing up my ministerial studies. I'd been a science of mind practitioner at Agape for half a dozen years. So I was really steeped in these teachings when I came to the course. And another thing that really helped me is uh, Gary Renard's book, Disappearance of the Universe, because so many things that were in that book I had believed and I had never talked about it with anybody. And so all of a sudden I was like, oh, Somebody else is talking about this. This is so exciting for me. So I just had a super ignited passion for A Course in Miracles right in the beginning. And I just knew that Jesus was right, that this is the path of peace and harmony and freedom and liberation. And so, and it sure has been for me. So I'm really encouraging to live A Course of Miracles. So going back to chapter 13, section 3, where he's talking about the fear of redemption, that this is our real terror. He says, under the ego's dark foundation, this is paragraph 2 now, is the memory of God, and it is of this that you are really afraid. For this memory would instantly restore you to your proper place. And this is the place that you have sought to leave. Your fear of attack is nothing compared to your fear of love. You would be willing to look even upon your savage wish to kill God's son if you did not believe that it saves you from love. For this wish caused the separation, and you have protected it because you do not want the separation healed. So let's just look at that again with an open heart. And let's say, Holy Spirit, help me to understand this so clearly and so powerfully that I can, in this very moment, in this very moment, choose salvation, choose redemption, choose the atonement. Help me see this and know this so clearly that I can choose again right here, right now. So he says, under the ego's dark foundation is the memory of God. And it is of this that you are really afraid. For this memory would instantly restore you to your proper place. And it is this place that you have sought to leave. Remember, we're the prodigal son. We've left home. So we do have to choose to go back, really choose to go back home. And and going back home in our mind is different than studying A Course in Miracles. And we know this. Right? Let's not kid ourselves. That just because we're studying A Course in Miracles does not mean that we're choosing the atonement for ourselves. We can pretend that we're satisfied studying the lessons, but there is no satisfaction in studying the lessons. The only satisfaction or fulfillment that can possibly come is from remembering our true identity knowing our brothers and sisters' true identity and recognizing this precious gift of our eternal true identity. So he says, your fear of attack is nothing compared to your fear of love. You would be willing to look even upon your savage wish to kill God's son Remember, our belief in death is the savage wish to kill God's son. We would be willing to look upon that, even if you do not believe that it saves you from... I'm sorry. You would be willing to look even upon your savage wish to kill God's son if you did not believe that it saves you from love. For this wish caused 
the separation and you've protected it because you do not want the separation healed. You realize that by removing the dark cloud that obscures it, your love for your father would impel you to answer God's call and leap into heaven. You believe that attack is salvation because it would prevent you from this. For still deeper than the ego's foundation and much stronger than it will ever be is your intense and burning love of God and his love for you. This is what you really want to hide. Because in recognizing our love for God, God's love for us, what happens is we're going to abandon everything that we've invested ourselves in, in terms of all the false beliefs and all the false idols and all the things that we've made so, so important. Our houses, our gardens, our careers, it's all going to become so meaningless in the full recognition of our love of God that we have this great love for our creator and it is the thing that connects us to all our brothers and sisters we like being able to say better than and less than we like it just think about how in society after society after society there's a caste system there's a class system of separation I don't see how it really operates in Native American traditions. And I, of course, I don't know all the different societies, but I see it in the European class system. I see it in India in the caste system. These forms of separation, keeping us from our brothers and sisters, that we might not be perfect or great, but at least we're better than those people. And we do this internally, right? We say, I may be an idiot, but at least I know I'm an idiot. We even have these kinds of thoughts. So we have a fear of redemption. We have a fear of salvation because we have a fear of the atonement. We have a fear of the love that we have for God being so ignited that it would immediately erase all of our attachments to the things of this world that we've labored so hard to make. We don't want to give them up. Think about this, if, if it feels hard to relate to. Maybe you're like me, and uh, it used to happen all the time. I would listen to some beautiful, beautiful song about God. And I would just start weeping. I know back in the mid-90s when I first became a part of the Agape International Spiritual Center community in Los Angeles. And uh, I was in graduate school. I was at USC Graduate Film School and uh, in the screenwriting program. And I would spend so much time in the car driving to and from class and to and from uh, work. And I had all this time in the car in L.A. traffic because it's a real thing. (laughs) And I would listen to tapes I had a tape player in my car. I would listen to tapes that I made of the Agape Choir and others singing these songs that were written by Ricky Byers and Michael Beckwith. And I would sing along at the top of my lungs with tears streaming down my face, singing these songs about God. And I just loved them, love, love, love them. Uh, I have a playlist at YouTube. I have a YouTube channel, channel, Jennifer H. Hadley at YouTube. I've got Instagram, I've got Twitter, I've got all that stuff. But uh, YouTube, I have a playlist, a music playlist. And um, I believe it's called Masterful Living Song Playlist. 
you can look for it. And I've got a bunch of songs in there. So if you're familiar with YouTube, you can just let the playlist play. And um, a lot of songs that I really like, and a bunch of agape songs. And I sang in that choir 11 years, and there were many times when we'd be singing on a Sunday morning, and I'd look down the row. I was a second soprano. I'd look down the row, and I'd see everybody in the row was crying. We're just crying and singing because we were having a healing, opening our heart to our love for God and allowing it to fully be expressed and revealed. So, so fulfilling, so deeply fulfilling. So then in paragraph three, Jesus says, In honesty, is it not harder for you to say, I love, than I hate? You associate love with weakness and hatred with strength. And your own real power seems to you as your real weakness. For you could not control your joyous response to the call of love if you heard it. And the whole world you thought you made would vanish. The Holy Spirit then seems to be attacking your fortress. For you would shut out God and he does not want to be excluded. You've built your whole insane belief system because you think you would be helpless in God's presence and you would save yourself from God's love because you think it would crush you into nothingness. You are afraid it would sweep you away from yourself and make you little because you believe that magnitude lies in defiance and that attack is grandeur. You think you've made a world God would destroy, and by loving God, which you do, you would throw this world away, which you would. Therefore, you have used the world to cover your love, and deeper you go into the blackness of the ego's foundation, the closer you come to the love that is hidden there. And it is this that frightens you. So what's the antidote to turn it over to the Holy Spirit? To place our trust and faith in the Holy Spirit. This is why trust is the number one characteristic of God's teachers. Trust is required for us to make this shift, this change, this journey. What it reminds me of is... Back maybe about five years before I started studying the course, I remember meditating in my living room in Los Angeles. And I I like to do contemplative meditation. So I had this question for my higher Holy Spirit self. And I said, and I also felt at that time that the angels, the ascended masters were with me always. And now, of course, I know that they are. And uh, Jesus tells us that in the course, I am with you always. And so I'm in meditation and I ask the question if I give up all my judgments and complaints I didn't call them blocks to love then but that's what I meant if I give all this up will I still be me will I still be recognizable as Jennifer without all these beliefs, opinions, and judgments. And I felt my higher Holy Spirit self respond with, if you were no longer identifiable as Jennifer, would that be okay with you? Because I also was asking, will I disappear 
will Jennifer disappear? Because it seemed to me that the false idol I had made that was Jennifer was entirely built out of judgments and opinions and preferences and the things I liked and didn't like. So my higher Holy Spirit self, our higher Holy Spirit self, the mighty I am presence seemed to respond with, if you disappeared, if Jennifer disappeared, not me, but Jennifer disappeared, would that be okay with you? And I sat with it and I said, yes, I believe it would be because whatever the love of God is, I trust that magnifying it, multiplying it, identifying with it is what I really truly desire. And however it goes, even if Jennifer is obliterated, I will be glad, grateful, and happy. So I think that that pertains to what we're talking about here. And then as I'm sharing this, I'm thinking of a section. It's right at the end of, um, it's chapter 16, section 4. Uh, which is entitled The Reward of Teaching. And it has one of the, for me, one of the most, my favorite passages. And uh, I'm going to read that to you now, because to me this is very much about making this transition from being identified with the small selfish self to being identified with our true self. So in it, he says here, So this is for people who are beginning the course, let's say. He says, this year you will begin to learn and make learning commensurate with teaching. So we're always teaching the efficacy of our choices and we're learning through our choices. He says, you've chosen this by your own willingness to teach. Though you seemed to suffer for it, the joy of teaching will yet be yours. Don't I know that? And then a little bit further down it says, uh, God's kingdom has no limits and no end. And there is nothing in God that is not perfect and eternal. All this is you. And nothing outside of this is you. To your most holy self, all praise is due for what you are and for what God is who created you as you are. Sooner or later must everyone bridge the gap he imagines exists between his selves. So between the lower self and the higher self. Each one builds this bridge which carries him across the gap as soon as he is willing to expend some little effort on behalf of bridging it. His little efforts are powerfully supplemented by the strength of heaven, and by the united will of all who make heaven what it is, being joined within it. And so the one who would cross over is literally transported there. Your bridge is builded stronger than you think, and your foot is planted firmly on it. Have no fear, and this is my favorite part, Have no fear that the attraction of those who stand on the other side and wait for you will not draw you safely across. For you will come where you would be and where yourself awaits you. So this this is what he's sharing with us is that we're building a bridge to cross over from the identification with the lower self to the true identity of our higher self. And we are on that bridge. It's a strong bridge. It's stronger than we might imagine it. And we will cross over it because it's where we want to go. We truly desire to 
get across this bridge where we live in the identification with our higher self. And the part that I love so much is that our little efforts are are powerfully supplemented by the strength of heaven and by the united will of all who make heaven what it is being joined within it. So all of heaven, the company of heaven, all the beings in heaven have this massive desire to assist us in crossing over this bridge. And their strength, their desire will supplement our little efforts. And so we will literally be transported across the bridge. Our little willingness is all that's required. So the thing to notice is, in terms of this fear of redemption, where are you playing small? Where are you in resistance and reluctance? And instead of berating yourself for playing small, for being in resistance and reluctance, instead of cataloging your failures, Instead, turn it over to the Holy Spirit and say, oh, here's another place I can feel this resistance that I'm playing small, that I'm thinking I'm bad and I'm wrong and I'm not good enough and I'm unlovable. And I'm going to give that to you for healing. And this is how we truly transform and we experience this powerful redemption So let us truly accept it. Yes. At the end of this section on the fear of redemption, Jesus says, Seek this place and you will find it, for love is in you and will lead you there. Seek this place, this place of love that is within us. And you will find it, for love is in you and will lead you there. Willingness, all that's required. I'd like to share with you, I just have a few seconds left here, that if you're interested in signing up for our inspirational text messages, it's also an easy way for you to make a donation. So you can sign up by texting the word MIRACLES to the number 53 Five five seven. Text the word miracles to five three five five seven, or go to acimtexts.com. Acimtexts.com. You can make any kind of a donation there, including a recurring donation. Your donations make this radio broadcast possible. If you appreciate it, please support us. Ah. We take a breath of love and gratitude, so grateful and thankful to partner up and to choose love. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. <laughs>